Warning from the back to tank contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. Workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a metaphor to help and heal human beings. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. All right, hello. Welcome to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. I just dove in in the shallow zone <laughs> and I bumped my head. How are you today, Dave? I am doing okay. Do you need to actually dunk your entire body into the back to water this mm-hmm. time? Yep. I'll let just my penis stick out. <laughs> Periscope depth. Periscope depth. That's a... It's- that's a horrible way to start the show. We, why it's are we starting? Compactor monster. Oh, wow. <laughs> what are those things called? I I'm, forgot what Dave, they were. I'm never going to look at my penis the same way again. It's <laughs> the trash compactor monster. Yeah. Shoot it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Also, Raina's here. Hello, Raina. Hi, guys. Are you throwing up over there? Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a tight squeeze in here with David. I really need my own tank. Uh, yeah, especially after some reveals on other shows of late. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I promise I've had my shots. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we're continuing our second week of five days a week of Star Wars from the back to tank. We so did. far, so good. So far, so good. We have not died. Um, and yeah, second week. We'll see how it goes. But for those of you just tuning in. For the whole entire month of September, we are doing a beta test. Can we do five days a week without healing over? And if we can manage and it works to our benefit, then we will continue into the month of October, five days a week. Of course, we do three shows here on our regular feeds, and then we do the last part of the week, Thursday and Friday, exclusively for our Patreon subscribers. So head over to patreon.com slash Digital and get more back to tank. You might have to pull out those back to suits, you know, like the ones that Finn uses. Wait, what? Oh, that's right. The thing that was like leaking everywhere. <laughs> leaking squirting. everywhere. That was a big old sexual innuendo. <laughs> innuendo. Yeah. Made Poe excited. He was squirting <laughs> yes. all over Poe and Poe was excited. <laughs> all right. So let's get into the news today because we have a lot. We have Mandalorian stuff, a lot of Mandalorian stuff. We also have... Some rumors from the Rise of Skywalker side of things. And then we have some updates on Clone Wars, the final season of Clone Wars. All right. So let's get into the Mandalorian first. The Mandalorian, Dave, are you excited? Are you getting more excited for this? <laughs> I hate to say it, but yes. Yes, I am. I've been trying to calm myself before yeah. anything because you have to don't get your expectations too high. We but never learn our lesson. Do we, we never learn our lesson. Never. Never learn our lesson. But this one, dude, just feels special. It I does. I mean, Mandalorian's really feeling really cool. 
But that's why I'm nervous because I am very excited for it that I don't want to be disappointed. Now, it's hard for me to be disappointed in anything Filoni does. He has not disappointed us yet. And the fact that Favreau's involved as well, he's a fantastic filmmaker. Dude, the expectations just keep going higher and higher for me the more we get. So The Mandalorian, according to the recent release of this Entertainment Weekly article on The Mandalorian that has gone viral. Everyone's talking about it. The Mandalorian found inspiration from a famous scene in the original Star Wars trilogy. And this doesn't or shouldn't come as a surprise to any of us. It would make sense that this specific scene would be an inspiration for The Mandalorian, especially after seeing the first trailer for The Mandalorian. It makes perfect sense. According to executive producer uh, Dave Filoni, who told Entertainment Weekly, I've seen a lot of Star Wars. And what's most exciting to me is that I am very confident we did some things and fans will see things. He's so, he's, that's, why does he always talk <laughs> like it's a big, like he's a private, like it's like he's a spy. He's because a spook. He's learned, he's learned from the lessons of his teacher, George Lucas. This is, this is what he does at all the conventions too. He does. Yeah. He's because like, what does this even mean? And what's most exciting to me is I am very <laughs> confident we did some things and fans will see things. That have never been seen before. <laughs> and because I, I kid you not, this is stuff that he learned from George Lucas because yeah. like at a convention, it is so fun to sit in a panel with him because everybody who's a big fan of star Wars, whether it's rebels, clone wars, if you went to the panel, the game was to try to see if you can actually make Filoni say something that actually means something. Right. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. And the, there was only one time that it, it worked, and it was like uh, at the. Did he have a gotcha face? He's like, "Oh shit!" No, no, no. They got me. Yeah, they got because they used his one weakness. Because like it, it was at the Star Wars celebration that I went to. Yeah, and they had a little girl, sweet innocent little girl. Oh, so what? What is story is this? <laughs> Be very careful. Next <laughs> no, few words here. They they made her ask a question to Dave Filoni because oh, okay. that's what Dave Filoni does at the end of all the panels is fans could come up, ask I questions. I thought you were going to say they were going to offer up this small child <laughs> As to a sac- Filoni. sacrifice. Yeah. But they had her ask something about Chopper. Dave Epstein over there. Jesus and then Dave. Filoni kind of looked at everybody because he knew that the parents and all the fans behind the little girl made the little girl ask the question. And he basically looked at the little girl and says, okay, I'll tell you. And he told the girl, he told the, uh, he, he made the girl go, come up to him. He whispered into her, her ear. And then she, and then he said, there, I actually said something to a fan that means something. Did she get on Twitter and start tweeting it out immediately? Thank God. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the Mandalorian's clearest inspiration is the first act of a new hope. Which played like a Western set in space, exotic creatures, smugglers, soldiers, and bounty hunters leading rough lives in an overlooked outlaw territory. Uh, Conversely, the show is perhaps the furthest from the Star Wars prequels and the aristocratic poshness of their Jedi Council meetings on Coruscant. According to this article here, expect the Mandalorian to travel from system to system in a very boots on the ground tale without any major legacy characters. And they say at least not in the first season. I'm okay with this. And I want to get your thoughts on this, both of you. I'm okay with that. I 
didn't expect to have legacy characters thrown into this show. I don't need legacy characters. I feel like this is classic George Lucas. How many times has George Lucas said, this is neat, but what are you doing differently? Yes. He says that about himself and, and future movies. He does. It's his mantra. He does it. He's done it with, uh, when he was running Lucasfilm, when he would review new books, comics, video games, he would say, I like what you have here, but I feel like you're doing what I did. You do you, but stay true to the star Wars mythos and the star Wars motifs and archetypes. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what it seems like they're doing with the Mandalorian. Now, Reyna, as an Uber Star Wars fan, is that a, a, neat, a must for you? And if it is, I won't, you know, condemn it or denounce it or denounce you. Do you feel like you do you feel like you need to have the, the legacy characters like characters we've seen before in Star Wars? I thought I did. I thought I wanted to see, you know, Boba Fett um, in right. this. I was thinking that's what it was going to be based on. But after seeing the trailer... I'm going to be perfectly fine. It looks so good. And I wasn't excited, that excited for The Mandalorian because there wasn't going to be main characters. But I'm actually really excited now. Yeah. And you know what? I think a lot of people and Reyna's a perfect example of that, like the mainstream. Um, a lot of people thought this was going to be about Boba Fett a lot because most people don't understand the broader story of the Mandalorians, especially yes. if you didn't watch the Clone Wars, mm -hmm. which we know Raina has not. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Just call her out on oh, air. Oh, I will. <laughs> if you guys didn't hear me, I said, Raina, watch Clone, Clone Wars. Wars. So, Dave, what about you? Do you feel like there needs to be some of the go-to characters in this? No, not at this point in the game. I mean, like, they need to do something different. They need to bring in new, they need to bring in new ideas. Yeah. Yeah. At, I mean, even at first when Mandalorian first got announced, my initial reaction was, okay, they're going to do a Boba Fett series. And I was, you can tell was by the way I said that I wasn't too keen on that because it's kind of like, well, we've seen Boba Fett. We know about him. Boba Fett. And we don't know anything else about the galaxy. And this is, this is what's got me hyped for this series is because like the more they, they, they talk about, the more they talk about how, just like what you said, it's a boots on the ground type of storytelling. We're going to see vast amounts of planets. We're going to be journeying all over the place in the galaxy and in this series. That makes me excited because we'll see new things. Yeah. Because that's what we need is new things. You need well. new stuff. We have been stuck in this little vacuum for many, many years and it has worked for me as a Star Wars fan. I'm not complaining about it. And the it, thing it has worked. But now that we're, it's 2019, we're wrapping up the Skywalker saga. It's time for new. And I'm glad that this is a whole new group of characters. This is how we create new franchises and new yes. avenues and new story directions by introducing new aspects. And I'm glad we're not going to have that. Now, I I do want connections. I feel like... Um, if you're telling one giant story as the Lucasfilm story group has sold us since 2013, there's, it's one big story. Everything relies on the next. Then you obviously you got to have your go-tos. You got to have talk of the empire. You got to have talk of the fall of the empire and possibly Darth Vader's name mentioned that those, yeah. those stuff, that type of stuff, I feel like needs to be in there. We need to hear about Vader. 
but, the, the death of Vader. Maybe it's whispers at this moment. Maybe no one believes he's he's really dead. Maybe we can finally get an inside look into uh, the the grumblings. Did Vader betray the Emperor at the last moment? We don't even know. Does do, does the galaxy know this? If you read the books, they still don't quite know. In fact, in one of the books, the Princess Leia book, uh, didn't they get into that? Was blood blood money or blood oath? What, Bloodline. What, Bloodline. Where that that became an entire part of the story for her character. Yeah, because she the, had her to Darth prove, Vader connection. Yeah, she had to actually talk about her connection to Darth Vader being her father. Yeah, so and, I so Dave, I feel like we we need those types of connections, world connections, but po- they don't have to be in your face. And right, it does not need to be in your face, and they don't need to be actually in the series at this moment. I'm all about story, 100 percent about story. Yeah, like say for example, what we saw in Force Awaken. You know, the way that those legacy characters were were treated, I thought was brilliant. You hint at them, but they're they're legends. Yeah. They're supposed to be, you know, like you know, the my favorite scene in that whole movie is so the legend of you and Luke and all of it. It's true, right. and Her- and Han Solo looks at Finn and uh, Ray and says, "Yeah, all of it. It's true. All the stuff you hear about heard, heard about my name. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and those types of things would be cool to be included in the." The Mandalorian series. Yeah. Now there are a lot of blogs that are trying to create a distinction between the Mandalorian and Boba Fett because, as we as we had just mentioned, a lot of the mainstream assumed that the Mandalorian was going to be about Boba, Boba Fett. Fett. And I hate these blogs. I, I hate if you don't understand Star Wars, don't write about Star Wars. That should even be a headline. The biggest difference between the Mandalorian and Boba Fett. They're not even in the same arena. Yes. They're not even in the same ballpark. You know why? Because the Mandalorian is a Mandalorian. Bobo Fett was a clone of a regular dude who was not a Mandalorian. Yeah. So that's your biggest difference, asshole. I've seen hundreds of blogs, Dave. I'm not exaggerating. Mm-hmm. Trying to draw connections to Bobo Fett. There is no connection. There is no connection. Bobo Fett... Jango Fett were not Mandalorians. Jango Fett was a skilled bounty hunter that was recruited by Dooku because of his expertise, because of his near perfection in killing. That is why he was chosen to be the clone. Yeah. Or to be cloned. Be cloned. And I understand that I'm like you. I understand. uh, It's frustrating to see all these blogs pop up. However, I do understand that people, fans feel that they have to tell the mass audience there's a distinction between the two. Because just like what you alluded to, mass audiences, they see that armor, they automatically jump. Okay, but, but you make sense how, you're, how you would explain it. You would say, oh, well, there is no connection. That's how no you would connection. say it. There is no connection. But their, their, their reasoning is not the most obvious. Yes. Because how I would start the, that article would be, Number one reason why Boba Fett's so different than the Mandalorian is Boba Fett is not a Mandalorian. He's not a Mandalorian. The Mandalorian that they're talking, the the thing that you associate Boba Fett to being a Mandalorian is the armor he wears. Yeah. That's it. I mean, I don't even think in his old, in the old EU, he wasn't even Mandalorian, was he? He was a stormtrooper. Yes. 
He was a former stormtrooper. He was a former, former stormtrooper back in the back in the legends. And that's even before Lucas changed it with uh, the introduction of Jango Fett into the prequels, because mm-hmm. the Dark Empire radio play and the Dark Horse comics, they got into that whole backstory of Boba Fett formerly being a stormtrooper at some point, and he betrayed and killed his commanders, <laughs> which is pretty dark backstory, actually. So another thing is, Dave, and this is something you and I have gone back and forth, and um, I'm okay with this. And I'm curious to see what you guys think about this. It has been stated by Favaro and Filoni that the Mandalorian will don the mask for most, if not all, <laughs> of the first season. Now, Dave, I was kind of against that at first. And I was for it. Yes. And now I did say, what did I say, though? I said, I think eventually he needs to take the helmet off. But I think for the I, I believe I said for the first half of the season, he, we got for the majority of the season. I might have said, go back to the tapes and tell me what I said. Listeners out there. I alluded to the fact that I feel like we need to have that mystery because it, it adds to the whole lone gunfighter man with no name vibe yes it's a must especially if this is a western vibe and you're going for those clint eastwood vibes you got to do it but eventually it's going to interfere with performance and understanding a character's motivation but favaro said some interesting words here in an interview and i agree with it and he made me see the light okay favaro promises the mask which he suggests Pascal will don through most of the first season won't get in the way of the emotional engagement viewers will need as the Mandalorian moves along. And this is his reasoning for it. He's a, what's remarkable is when you see the whole stretch of the first season, how engaging the characters or the character is. It's amazing how many star Wars characters are emotionally engaging that aren't even anthropomorphic. And he says, R2-D2 is my favorite character, and he barely has an eye. Yeah. And you know what? He's right. Look at Chopper. Look at the droids. Yeah, and the droid the droid characters are always the ones that a lot of hardcore, Have the most personality. Have the most personality. K2SO. Even, even, the, even the droid that's in Mandalorian is talked about more is uh, uh, the IG-11. IG, IG yeah. yeah. There's people, like, look at that and says, that has more personality. You know, it's a gunfighter. It's a gunfighting droid. Yeah, eventually we got to see, you know, Pascal because he has some manly qualities that I think the ladies are going to want to see. Yeah, but here's the thing. If the story that they're trying to what narrate. If, what if they show him nude, but but he has the helmet on still? He's be, all, I'd be laughing because that's Spaghetti Western, dude. <laughs> they should. They should. Because, like, someone should break, try breaking in and he has his helmet on and he just has a towel on. Like and tu- just Tuco style? Tuco style. I'm like, like Spaghetti Western, because me uh, and you have watched Spaghetti Westerns time and time again. How many okay, Spaghetti Dave. Westerns are, have there been where the gunfighter or the hero yeah. is, is accosted while he's naked? If they do it the right way, it could work, because if they do it the wrong way, it would be very cheesy and it would completely pull you <laughs> out. But if they do it in a badass type of way where he's like maybe he's changing his armor and yeah. he gets, you know, pull off his helmet for some strange reason. Yeah. <laughs> Reina, do you have any issues with uh, an, a character like who's our lead? Now, the only, I want to say rebuttal that I would have for Favreau is you're also talking about droids who are 
not even secondary characters sometimes. They're, you know, number 15 on the call sheet at times. You're not talking about lead characters. Okay. And let's leave Vader out of this for a moment because that's, that could probably destroy my argument altogether with, <laughs> with Vader. But <laughs> uh, let's leave Vader out of the equation. Do you think it'll be hard for you to follow a story and be emotionally invested if you never can connect with a character in that way? Do you find no, yourself getting not lost? All. Not at all. Not at all. Just watching, just watching, I'm telling you, just watching the trailer alone, them saying, oh, you know, you'll be able to feel, you know, him resonate, you know, his character, even with the mask on. And I felt it just watching yeah. the damn trailer. Well, if you think so about like, it, too. this is going to be really good watching the show. And sure. I'd be, it'd be really cool to kind of see his helmet come off by accident. Maybe he's in the middle of battle and then it, then it reveals him in that kind of way. There's so many different ways you can do it. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. I think they should reveal him in a scene where where one of the actors, one of his co-stars, Dave, says, who are you? And he <laughs> says, someone who loves you. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. That would be horrible. Yeah, that'd be awful. But, like, Raina brings up a really good point. I mean, like, the if you look at the trailer, just what we saw in the trailer, even with the mask on, you still get this sense that you could still see the character that they're trying to portray yeah. through how he talks, how he moves, how the, uh, how he stops at a certain angle and basically just turns with a slight turn of his uh, turn of his head. Yeah. That was one of the most intense scenes that, that standoff between him and the stormtroopers. And if you look at it, Pascal didn't do uh, Pascal really didn't say much. No. And you got it be, with like looks. You're right. And that's going to be a, shining testament to pascal's acting abilities because if you can emote i guess that's the best way of saying it uh, if you can convey there we go you can convey thought through just body language alone and no emoting that's talent right there that is absolute talent and there are there are actors out there that can do it i mean We've seen it before in other series, like, say, for example, one that me and you covered, Doom Patrol. That's true. Where where you had, you didn't see Robot Man's face, except for, like, dream sequences and outside right. of that. But in all honesty, Robot Man was a static face all the time, and it was this metal face. But even in all his scenes, there's a lot of emotion that was done. Yeah, but you can also rely on the fact that he's a lot. He's animated. He's very animated and he talks a lot. I don't get the idea that that Pascal's Mandalorian talks a lot. So if you have a character that doesn't talk a lot and you never see his face, I feel like it lends itself to what they're trying to do for the first season. Yeah. And that's why eventually him having his helmet on will be a thing of the past all the time. Because eventually, after six episodes, seven episodes, we're going to have to move past the mystery aspect. Yeah, because like... Because otherwise you're just going to be stuck. Because the reason why I said let's remove Vader from the discussion for a moment is because he doesn't count. The reason why is we know his story. We know everything about Anakin Skywalker. We know how he thinks. We know his emotions. We know the choices he's made. And he wasn't the main character. He wasn't the main character in in uh, the three original movies. It was Luke. Right. But but my point is even like comic books and everything we've seen him do since then, 
it doesn't hurt the his story or understanding what he's thinking because we know him. Mm-hmm. We know him as a character. Now let's contrast that with the Mandalorian. We don't know anything about him at all. So for now, the helmet works because it adds to that mystery that fits into the whole motif of this TV series. So I think it works. But yes, eventually it will. It'll be something that he will, in fact, take off, I'm sure. All right. So the Mandalorian will also delve into the backstory of the First Order. Thank God. Yes. (laughs) Thank God. It better. Thank God someone will. (laughs) Because Ryan Johnson felt no need. The first, the first order. What's that? And uh, and our boys on the He's resistance a, wait, didn't it, do much. What's it called? But <laughs> uh, can someone call JJ? Because uh, I forgot the name of the villains and the what are they? The Empire. He's all no. The Empire was in the other movies. Ryan, what was it? General General Fox, General Mux, what, um, uh, Seder. What? What? <laughs> the, the, what? He didn't know anything. I mean, The Last Jedi just skipped past everything, and now we're jumping into the final movie, and we don't know anything about the First Order. And then Resistance was supposed to be, <laughs> we thought. I, I mentioned it, but. You know, Resistance was supposed to be the show that was going to delve into some of the the origins <laughs> of the First Order. So finally, Filoni, I'm sure because he's, he's humble as hell, but I'm sure he's looking at the landscape of Star Wars, everything they're doing, he's all, you know what? <laughs> that, that first order situation needs to be fixed. <laughs> no, where's he's all, Justin? He's all, Favreau, come here. Just between you and I. Ryan Johns is an idiot. And and I've hit my uh, my protege, Justin Ridge, a million times with my hat already. Yeah, and resistance. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't even know what happened over there. But we're ending it after the second season. So we're just going to pretend that one didn't happen. Sending Justin Rich to Dagobah. In fact, I'm asking them to take my name off that one. I don't want it. Ixnay on the credit, A, please. Okay, so the Mandalorian will delve into the backstory of the First Order. And it, it feels like it's a must with a show like this. You're dealing with the aftermath of the fall of the Empire. And the power vacuum that's no doubt there. Yeah. You have, I'm sure, pockets of resistance uh, different facets of the empire all vying for power. It would make sense to see how all of this comes comes about. And yes, we've had books and comics, but not in a not, few. It has to be delved into the mass audience, and unfortunately, that's yep. not mass audience. Right, exactly. Because the books have done it. There's even been a couple of video games we talked about on our Patreon show that went into it briefly, but nothing that we actually need to fully understand how they have come about. I believe battlefront Two, the uh, campaign mode, the story mode, not the campaign, mode, the story mode. They delved into it briefly, but <laughs> very then, briefly. Yeah. Very briefly. I thought they had a, a perfect opportunity to do so, but it's also felt like they were afraid to go there because they weren't quite sure what direction they were taking the entire franchise. Yeah. So, all right. So Dave Filoni says this doesn't turn into a good guy universe because you blew up two death stars. You get that the rebels won and they're trying to establish a republic, but there's no way that could have set in for everybody all at once. You have in a Western where you're out on the frontier and there might be Washington and they might have some marshals, but sometimes good luck finding one, he says. Also, what could happen in the 30 years between celebrating the defeat of the empire and then the first order? See, this is why Filoni's, in my opinion, is a creative genius because well, he thinks, he about, thinks it. about it. He, 
it's so many, so many times I've seen writers and story storytellers not really think about their story. They don't. They just spit out whatever they want, whatever agenda they want. Ryan Johnson, but just and think then about that's what a, it. Just think about how much of an oxymoron that is, too, Dave. You have writers who don't think out their story. Yeah, and it's true. How do you write a story and not know what your story is? And yeah, yet you see it all the time. And and like Filoni has Filoni and Hidalgo have always proved time and time again they think this out. They have to. It. I am was so happy that Filoni brought that up is like two blowing up two death stars doesn't suddenly make you win the war. It hurts the other in side fact, a lot. If anything, it creates more chaos as we've seen during <laughs> the Arab spring and various other um, instances in history. What yeah. happens when you topple uh, the government that's in power? There's a power vacuum and things go sideways. We're still trying to pick up the mess in, in the middle East with the things that we've done. I mean, uh, look at, I think just within the last three or four years, we finally corrected some of the issues on Iraq. Exactly. And it's taken time. Yeah. So it makes sense. It's very realistic that there would be a a bit of a struggle to, to reestablish some type of governance over the entire, entire galaxy. Now, Giancarlo Esposito discusses his, the Mandalorian character. And guess what he is, Dave? We have now learned who... Giancarlo Esposito is going to be playing. He's going to be playing a Moff. Moff Gideon is his name. So a former Moff. Dave, I had no idea that's the character he was going to play. I'm really, uh, yeah, I was really excited to hear that. We have never had the opportunity to truly explore a Moff. Yeah. Tarkin is the farthest we've gotten. Is uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn when I think at some was he a moth and he was never a moth was no, he? No, he didn't. He didn't make the he, he didn't ne- make the ranking. Yeah, just Tarkin. What were you gonna say, Reina? Oh, nothing. In the Leia book, there was a moth in there that, and I can't remember the name right now. But they did go pretty detailed about that moth. Delving into the moths, but for the actually, mainstream live action wise, we haven't really delved into. We've never. This delved is gonna into be good. Yeah. And like, it's an explanation of how the Empire works. Yeah. Because that's been the one thing that I honestly feel that they really needed to do for to the empires to explain, okay, the empire collapsed, but no one really understands how their hierarchy worked. It's always been thought, okay, Palpatine and Vader are on the top. Well, what about underneath them? And we already know in empires and dictatorships, a lot of times there isn't really loyalty. It's, no. it's more or less, hey, I'm going to fall in line because I'm afraid. Yes. And once the king, the empire, High imperial or the dictator, or I should say the the emperor or the dictator is taken out. Usually, everyone who's in a position of power all tries for the throne. So that would be an interesting aspect to see, which I think we're going to get that. I think we're going to get a guy who's ruling his troops. Well, we, and he's doing it maybe not the old fashioned imperial way. Maybe he's doing it his way. Well, also if for the for our audiences that have been following us on our Patreon tier, I mean the. The one series me and you have been covering, TIE Fighter, explores the ins and outs of how the yeah. Empire works. Yep. It, remember the reaction that we had to coming to the realization that there was there were generals that basically said, you know what? I think I'll just take over this settlement. Right. The Empire owes me. And you know what? Again. And I'm not in this war anymore. Yeah. That <laughs> happens a lot, dude. There's been CIA operatives that have done that who yeah. have left 
the government and started working on their own because they have power. They're taking they're going to take over some jungle in some distant part of the world that's remote and no one's going to find them. But, hey, I got tons of women and money and gold and power. So these things are very realistic. I love that Filoni and Favreau have chosen to delve into an area in Star Wars that is very grounded. And I know that's silly saying that because we're talking about Star Wars here. But we're dealing with something that 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 seems to be or seems like it's going to be very grounded or reality based for the most part. Uh, Now, Giancarlo says the Empire has basically fallen. So their relationship with bounty hunters is a little tenuous. I think they want want to extinguish them because they create disorder. Uh, The bounty system, he says, means that there's money not coming to them. We want to tax that a little bit. So it will be interesting to see what happens out of that relationship. We all need order in our world. And this is an empire that has fallen. It has no order. Dude, Esposito Esposito, is so awesome. And he is, why is he, he is such a good actor because he is so terrifying in his roles. But in real life, he looks like an old, you know, Mexican grandfather. (laughs) He's like your Mexican granddad. Yeah. He's like a Tio. He's just cool down. He really is. He's just down to earth. But then in in Breaking Bad and then in the scenes we've seen in The Mandalorian, he plays a terrifying. Yeah, he has this scary fucking face. Imagine being his kids and like, uh, you know, don't don't make dad mad. (laughs) (laughs) He's all nice and happy. He's going to make you menudo on Sunday. But if you piss him off, I'm not going to be alive the next day. He's going to pull out the Warachis and beat me. (laughs) (laughs) Chancla. The chancla. Oh, man. Yeah. So, dude, it, the more I read about The Mandalorian, the more exciting it gets. It That's has a, a fantastic part. cast. The storyline and concept is on point. This is really everything I think we wanted as fans. Like, we may not th- have thought this is what we want. You know, we might think, oh, we want lightsabers and blah, jumping around. Yes, that's exciting. But I think mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, we just want a true, honest to goodness Star Wars picture that's all we want and whether jedis are part of that or not it doesn't matter it matters whether or not it feels like star wars and everything leading up to this feels like it's true to star wars true to george lucas's original purpose yeah it's it feels like it's an honest to god homage to the star wars canon and star wars universe yeah even when even not just their interviews, but I've even noticed it in the uh, pictures and the publicity stills that they send out Mm -hmm. is like, for me, like the publicity stills of like uh, the force awakens an episode and, and last Jedi and then the rise of Skywalker, they look so plasticky. It, It doesn't feel right to me. And then when you get to these, like if you get, if you get these stills of uh Mandalorian with the cast, there's a style to them. There's actually some substance to their to what they're putting it on yeah. on the screen. Yeah. Just visually. And it feels like Star Wars. It honestly honest to god feels like New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. And I know there's a lot of people complaining about the rise of streaming services. I know there's several people in our network that can't stop talking trash about it. But and I'm I'm going to be one of those that that'll openly admit that's a little annoying that everything's going to streaming services. But when you're putting out content like this, seven bucks a month, that's nothing. I would that's gladly nothing. play pay thirty dollars a month 
for a show like this. And if it means we're going to get content like this, I, I don't think there's a dollar amount that I would scoff at. And I'm sorry, at this point, me and you have talked about the streaming service argument and it, just you can't outside. Stop it. You can't, you can't stop, stop it. it. That is something that none of us, even even really powerful filmmakers, can stop at this point because it's an industry shaking yeah. movement. Yeah, it's so, like it's like it's no different than the argument of video cassettes back in the day. If you remember when exactly when Betamax and VHS I was started bring that up be, to become is, a thing, people are like, "Oh, but what about the theaters? The theaters is going to change the way everyone sees things." But what it did in actuality is it opened up the market to make more money and actually mm-hmm. led to a golden age in cinema. So hopefully the streaming service will end up doing the same thing. Or even take it even further, the the jump from video cassette to DVD to Blu-ray yeah. to HD to all of Thank that. Thank God you didn't bring up Laserdisc. Oh, even <laughs> that's even right in between v, uh, VHS and it was never a thing. DVD. It was never a thing. <laughs> you have those Laserdisc homos. They're like, but Laserdisc was the best. And then you have the really scary people who say, how about mini disc? Oh, wow. <laughs> I had those. <laughs> and then like, but like, so the streaming service is just like that. It's the tech is changing. Yeah. As long, I don't think anything's going to destroy entertainment. Uh, yes, there is a fear that the the cinema will go the way of the dinosaur someday. But I feel like it's such a big business that the exhibitors and studios will probably work together to figure out the novelty the novelty of it, mm-hmm. meaning they'll figure something out to bring people in regardless. And they and if you look at how theaters are, are getting set up more and more, uh, it's becoming more of a novelty, I mean, mm-hmm. especially when you look at the franchises like Alamo Drafthouse and how they make it entire and how they make it an entire experience. So, all right, we're getting off topic. We're going to go to a very quick break. And then when we get back, we're going to jump into some rise of the sky, the rise of Skywalker speculation rumors. We'll be right back. Get more Star Wars discussions every month with the Back to Tank Patreon exclusive shows. From Star Wars comics and book reviews to speculative discussions and breakdowns. All when you pledge to our Patreon page. What? Go to patreon.com slash Digital for more details. As you wish. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. You think rich, rich people kind of like to whip it. high powerful men like to just whip their penis well, because what they're so fucking proud of it. Well, here's That's what I'm sort of like an argument settler that all of a sudden when you can't you can't find a common ground debate, you resort to the penis whipping out. Not is, nece- that, is that how it works? Not necessarily. Because Asians are going to die at every oh, single debate. Wow. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> at literal dick waving contests? Yeah, yes, no, Asians it's, will it's be. no contest. Yeah. Put to the spear. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. This is You're right, interesting Michael. one. You're right. Tony just openly admitting, yeah, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah, we are. That's why we never win debates. Or wars. Has there been an Asian man yet in Hollywood that's whipped his penis out? Did John Woo ever do it? <laughs> Maybe he did, but no one knew. <laughs> it's, not, it's not worth writing home about. <laughs> like, how come I never get in trouble? I whip my dick out all the time. Nobody can tell, John Woo. Is your penis out right now? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, these aren't tan colored khakis. We need an IMAX camera stack. Oh, 72 millimeter. <laughs> the largest that penis will ever be. Get a telephoto lens on that thing, please. <laughs> IMAX 3D. For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. All right, hello, welcome back to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. You can now sign up for push notifications by texting RMD69 to 50597, and you'll get a notification whenever breaking rmd news is available and also when we go live which we will start i think we're going to start doing that real soon again dave we're trying to get on a new schedule and it's been throwing a lot of things off but i i think pretty soon here we'll we'll be live again on fridays well we survived we survived the first week let's see if we can move on yeah so text rmd69 to 50597 also get star wars from the back to tank five days a week Three shows here on our free feed and then two more on our Patreon tiers. Head over to patreon.com slash Rayman Digital and pledge $5 or more a month and that will give you access to the two additional shows. And three plus two equals what, David? Five. Very good. Took me a second to think. You're like, uh, seven. <laughs> seven. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave. So take me through this Rise of Skywalker rumors that well, is slowly picking up speed here oh, um, it's picking up a lot of speed I, I don't understand why some of these things it, you know what no negativity just yeah. tell me what it is the reason why i bring this up too it's not a negative one either it's actually been garnering a lot of talk among star wars fans uh, pretty positively and uh basically it's definitely better than, you know, the whole Mace Windu is Snoke yeah. rumors. Like, you'd think about right now, everyone would be, like, talking about leaks about Palpatine. But, uh, as this one article that I pulled up says, Star Wars Episode Nine leak says Leia becomes Rey's shocking new Jedi Master. Huh. Meaning Princess Leia is a Jedi Master. All right. So, while Luke is in here, it says, while Luke is most likely to return as a force ghost in Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker, there's a new rumor going around saying that Rey may receive Jedi training from an unexpected master, General Leia Organa. According to a leak posted by Making Star Wars... Now, hold on one second. My first knee-jerk reaction is, that is stupid. Mm-hmm. But then I think about it, now continue to read, and okay. it's not so... It's not so... Eh. As fans know... Uh, fans are going to see Ray continue her training with Leia during the opening sequence of episode nine. General Organa becomes a Jakku orphans, new pseudo Jedi master in the film training her in the jungle while rebuilding the resistance. Training her in the jungle. The leak suggests that the scene in rise of Skywalker D 23 trailer where Ray throws a lightsaber and then uses the force a la Thor is a sequence that involves Ray's Thor. training and with Organa. How about all the Luke Skywalker in every movie? <laughs> I hate true. bloggers. All <laughs> uh, Thor because uh, he's worthy. He pulls the hammer back. Never mind all the many pieces of uh, 
<laughs> metal. <laughs> Remember, positive, positive. I just hate people. Positive. Go ahead. Now, it might seem a little bit surprising to fans knowing how Leia didn't really formally train to be a Jedi. However, we all know that Luke's twin also has a deep connection to the Force. It doesn't sound too far-fetched to find Leia training Rey. And that, and, uh, that was a short article explaining the whole leak that's going around right now because everyone would be expecting like everyone talking about Palpatine. Yeah. But the fan base is like really starting this really positive uh, talk about is, should Leia be known as a Jedi master? I will say that it is not the stupidest rumor that I've heard. It's not. As you know, we've heard some pretty silly outlandish ones that I just kind of roll my eyes and, I can't believe someone came up with that and think that's a viable rumor. Because so a, a fan actually in one of the chats that I was watching about this leak actually brought up the fact they have to give a reason why Leia did the magic Superman thing in Last Jedi. Because well, that's a super powerful maneuver. Yeah, I don't think it needs to be justified. We talked about this in our review of The Last Jedi. It makes sense. She has Skywalker blood. She has been around the Force her entire life. We saw in Empire Strikes Back, she was able to communicate with Luke through the Force. And she was able to find him and save him from falling off Cloud City. Yes. It's not far-fetched to reason that Leia would have some connection to the Force. I don't feel like she needs to be trained necessarily. No different than uh, Rey wasn't trained in Mm -hmm. the recent movies. And that's why it's believable that she can kick some ass. Because she's always had a connection to the Force. She just didn't know what it was necessarily. I'm talking about Ray. Yeah. Now with Princess Leia, think about it. She's aware of it. And for what, the past 30 years, what, she's just ignoring it? Well, see, here was like, the thing. It, it makes sense for her to, in some way, continue to touch it. Now, the thing that I've always been drawn to when it comes to Leia's story is I love the choices between siblings. You have one who chooses the life of a monk and one who chooses the life of a politician. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that's always worked for me. Even in the EU, the expanded universe I loved that story. And that's one thing that I was very happy and pleased with JJ for continuing that aspect, even though Disney, of course, retconned everything. At least he stuck with that that approach. Luke Skywalker would be the monk. He would be the one that would sacrifice any type of personal life for the most part to dedicate himself to the teachings of the Jedi and train others to take it upon himself to bring back and restore uh, the very power that his father tried to snuff out. Whereas Leia would be the one that would do things from the other side. She would correct the wrongs via politics. Politics, yes. I, I love that. And and that's the thing is like you'd expect this argument of Leia as a Jedi to garner, you know, like really trollish behavior. But it's not because people are actually bringing up valid points is kind of like even in the books that – were released recently like leia's uh leia mm-hmm. uh princess leia bloodlines right in that book it says it, it says that leia made the choice of being a politician yeah she didn't do the whole jedi jedi thing because that was her brother that was what her brother was going to take care of she was going to take care of becoming general organa right but- and be the the face of a new republic yeah but it is not a a far jump to come to the conclusion that she can easily learn the ways of the force. Now, the, 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 the you my, get what I'm saying, Dave, yeah. like you're powerful. You've been around it for 30 plus years and your entire life. And uh, I mean, 
she's going to pick up something along the way. It doesn't mean she we already know that there's plenty of people who know how to use the force without being properly trained by a Jedi Knight. We have to remember Jedis and Sith. This is what the mainstream never gets right. The Jedi and the Sith are just a religious perspective on the powers of the force. That is it. Yes. It doesn't mean that's the only way you can tap into the force. Those are just two ideological, very opposing views on how to manipulate the energy field that's all around us. Yes. That's all around the, in that world of Star Wars. So there's no rule saying if you're not a Jedi Knight, you can't touch the force. Look at the boy in the last Jedi. Yes. There's others out there that can be trained. And that's, that's the thing. This actually, this is the only leak and rumor I can, I can remember that's actually really cool to actually think about because at first I was like, no, that's, that's stupid. That's, it hasn't been a stat. My, my first initial I reaction of full Jedi Knight is the thing we yeah. have to say. I think it would be, that's the only thing we have not been led down that path at all. Yeah, We have not been led down that path that suddenly she's a Jedi Knight. So in a year, she decided to throw away her political robes and delve into the ways of the Jedi. Now, if she wants to guide her and help her and assist her, I mean, she, it would make sense. She, her, uh, her brother was a Jedi. Who knows what else they can throw in her backstory that we haven't seen in 30 years. But and see, for that her was- to be a full-fledged Jedi Knight in a year how that's a bit much (laughs) that's that's where that's where my brain first jumped to was like it has not been established that leia was trained in this yeah so there's no there's no doubt in my mind that she's extremely powerful especially that scene in last jedi that didn't bother me Uh, i know a lot of people keep making fun of that mary poppins in space moment (laughs) that that was silly the way they did it the way she flies through space like mary poppins yes that is silly how they how it was executed but the idea of her being able to pull herself out of this state in space and rescue herself works in everything we've seen in the expanded universe in star wars jedi are essentially superhero they're jumping off of buildings and and jumping from car to car they're superheroes yeah so why is it hard to believe that a jedi could could maybe maybe insulate their body in some way to prevent the vacuum of space from destroying them right away. It makes sense to me. So that aspect didn't rub me the wrong way. If anything, I I liked it quite a bit because it showed how truly powerful the Skywalkers are and how powerful Leia is. And that that's, I agree with your statement with that. It shows how powerful she is. And that, that was the point of the scene. It's just Ryan Johnson's a shitty director and couldn't. And it got miscombobulated yeah. <laughs> in, in the, in the execution. Raina, how do you feel about this? Are you on the same page with us or do you feel like, yes, Jedi Knight status. Let's see her, you know, get her comeuppance, her due. Um, I, I am on board with how you guys are thinking, maybe if they touch on it gently, but I just don't see, and it also comes off too girl powery. I would like to see Ray, maybe like Leia kind of come up on her own. That's how Leia always did. She's always been force sensitive. Obviously Ray is too. Um, maybe just, maybe you are more powerful. If you don't have a person training you, you can figure it out yourself. Yeah. And I think that would be an interesting approach. What Raina just said, I feel like that would be a very interesting direction to take the show. Yeah. I know that it's about Jedi Knight, but does it have to be about Jedi Knights? As we know, there was also that other rumor that uh, it, the sky, the rise of Skywalker could be something very different. What if 
what if Leia isn't a Jedi, but she is in touch with the force, with the force in a way that maybe the Jedi Knight aren't maybe organically. The fact that she has trained herself organically in a, in a wild fashion, a wild Jedi. In fact, that was something that was used. I want to say in the nineties. Oh yeah. When yeah. you didn't have formal training, you were a wild Jedi, or, not, not like a gray a, Jedi. Gray Jedi came way later, but it was a wild Jedi. And that would be an interesting aspect as well. So I like Reyna's thought on that. It would be, I think it would make more sense and it wouldn't feel so forced because Reyna's right. If they're not careful, it could feel very much like a girl power moment. Agenda. Like, oh, look at us. We don't need Luke. He's dead. Ha ha ha. I'm going to train you. I'm better than him. He he he. I think it needs to be organic. Yes. No formal training Leia needs. But honestly, out of all the leaks that we've seen, and we we're re- saying the word leak. I hate that. But, but here's the thing: <laughs> I just we always bash leaks. We the thing that I want to ask you personally too. This is the first time I think an actual leak that we David, heard. Stop saying leak. <laughs> okay, rumor, actual rumor, <laughs> an actual rumor actually makes sounds really cool. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Yeah, and like because normally when they when this stuff blows up on the internet. Me and you like bash the crap out of it because right. being stupid. Well, do you remember way before Force Awakens came out, we made fun of that rumor <laughs> about Luke's hand. The floating hand. The floating hand. <laughs> but there was truth to it because what drove the mystery of Luke? The lightsaber. So I'm sure that was probably in some very early draft. They had the idea that someone would find his hand with his lightsaber. <laughs> and like when it. the internet got a hold of it and made fun of it, JJ's all, fuck. God, God. Damn it. Now that people are saying this out loud, that does seem awful. (laughs) (laughs) Rewrite this immediately. (laughs) All right. Well, that concludes this week's discussion. That's all the time we have. I had a bunch of bunch of other things we needed to get into, but we don't have time. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thank you, Raina, for piping in. Thank you, David. Thank you. May the force be with us. Oh, hold on. And also, please head over to Patreon.com slash Rainman Digital and pledge to our podcast here. $5 or more a month. And you're going to get five shows a week. We got some fun things planned. All right. Thank you, Dave. And thank you. May the force be with us. Ah, yes. (laughs) 